Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Well, howdy! Welcome to Herb's Podcast Christmas Trees. What can I do for you, son? Well, I'm looking for a podcast Christmas tree for our show. What do you have? Oh, we got some nice new finger ones right here. Uh, yeah. Got anything more traditional? Well, let me see. How about this? Bit puny, isn't it? Well, put some lights on, some tinsel. Why, it'll be as pretty as a milkmaid's knee. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Pleasure to do business with you, son. By the way, what's your podcast? Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of opening your front door and falling 20,000 feet to your death because you're floating in space somewhere. Uh, Just in the upper atmosphere. Still enough oxygen. And remember, folks, it's not the fall that kills you. It's that sudden stop at the bottom. That's right. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are doing another, you know, put somebody else's intellectual property in your game. And this time we are talking about Bioshock Infinite. All right, so so answer a question for me. Okay, you know, in, in Rapture, you know, Andrew Ryan, you know, the guy who built it, you know, he still had all these industries back in, you know, America and other places like that that was feet, feet funding the cre- mm-hmm. the creation of it. And afterwards, I think, even though he went there to live, I, I think it was also still funding stuff, okay? But Comstock, you know, if, if, if everyone's afraid of him, then his industries, because you know, these are all like super mm-hmm. industrialists, you know, like Andrew Carnegie and the Rockefellers, um, wouldn't the government did, did the government like you know go in and and you know grab their their industries for war crimes and things like that? Mm, I mean, don't know because the know, only the only industrialist we know of on Columbia itself was uh, the Fink uh, brothers, and they and they pretty much seem to have like a, a monopoly on most of the major industries in Columbia. So okay, hmm. so maybe I just wonder, you know who. I mean, you know, is is there a big industrial complex down there through like shell companies and things like that that is providing the money for keeping these ro- you know for building these rocket bases and keeping these rocket bases going you know in secret so they can keep resupplying Colombia or you know you know I'm just wondering about the you know because you know these cities and whatever to me they always seem like they could they probably can't be truly self-sufficient though andrew wright wanted rapture to be truly self-sufficient right. he expected oh no i'm out. i'm sitting right. here and there is a thing for columbia a chapter business yeah fake manufacturing they pretty much had a monopoly largest business of columbia largest employer manufacturer uh they bottled and distributed vinegar vin- vinegars <laughs> maybe that too Produced Diggers. by independent contracted businesses such as Marlowe for Murder of Crows. The work floor at Fink Manufacturing showed its dominance in various markets. One floor, for example, was devoted to gun automatons, while the other above, the one above focused on children's toys. Uh, smaller businesses produced various items for people, Columbia, the founders of the Vox. However, most of these companies were quickly bought out by Fink's cruel business empire, leaving him the sole distributor of goods in the city. No, Fink, Fink, it was a monopoly. He re- ended yeah. up, he ran everything. Yeah. Right, but but where does he get his raw materials is my question. Probably, mm, that's the thing. Oh, well, I mean, if Columbia can just fly in. To, well, also, you got to remember, it's 1912. A lot of the world was still unexplored. There was a reason why Africa was called the Dark Continent for some time, because you just couldn't get in, the interior was there, 
And they, we know there are minerals and stuff in Africa. And if, yeah, Colum if Columbia was right. that damn high tech, they would have found out how to mine and search for these materials in places most people wouldn't have gone in 1912. Like, we know they could do undersea expeditions to find the atom slugs. So it's possible right. they probably had other, like, mining and, and resource gathering. Activity. Oh, yeah, yeah. they... they... It, it sounds to me like they had surface or subsurface, you know... Uh, oh, they undoubtedly did. That, they undoubtedly know. had some, some okay. sympathizers. There's one other possibility, which was that with their dimensional traveling, that they literally would open up a dimension and just roll, you know, a, a, a warehouse full of, of, of materials into Columbia and then close well, the Columbia. Was they, yeah. so, that most of their dimensional openings weren't on purpose. The only Lutesses themselves mm -hmm. seem to be able to open uh, portals at will. And mm -hmm. the other tears that occurred that they like stole technology from typically were created by accident just from the proximity of Elizabeth. All right, so the Latest people, they weren't working with the, with they the, the, the various you know, right. manufacturing companies. They specifically companies. just worked for Comstock. And, and they were and I'm going to use the air quotes, quote, assassinated, unquote, by uh, Fink later, assuming because at Comstock's behest and maybe because he wanted to take their technology for himself. And so it's possible after they are taken out of the picture, they, uh, he was in control of their technology and could have opened up portals as, as he wanted. But most of the por uh, portals that occurred in, in Colombia were just because Elizabeth was awakening to her powers. All right. Well, that that means that you know if, things might have changed later on, but essentially when they designed this aerial thing, okay, mm -hmm. they uh, you know they were getting supplied from the surface, and they continued to get supplied from the surface. Might not have been on American soil. Right. Might have been partners in other countries. And the, and the thing is, yeah. they were only disavowed by the government by the U.S. government in, in 1902, so only 10 years before you get there. Right. But but I'm just saying is that afterwards, the government may have disavowed them, but it doesn't mean that they didn't have partners oh, in yeah. other countries who were perfectly willing to supply them with the materials they wanted. So that's what I'm saying is that I see this as as there being a large industrial base, you know, uh, like uh, in, in many multinational country companies, you know, that were basically keeping... Uh, Columbia supplied, you know, oh, yeah. and you know either either willingly or honestly, maybe at you know gunboat diplomacy. Well, you know, you give a, a you know you, you, you give some uh, a lot of gold to the the leader of a third world country. It's amazing how he can generate. Could just uh, open up everything. It's like business. here, mine here, mine here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like uh, the uh, movie industry in uh, uh, in the Philippines. You know, back in the. Uh, uh, in the last century, uh, there was a time when essentially, you know, you, you're, you're a company, you want to do a film, you know, you, you go and, uh, you know, make a deal with, you know, the, you know, one of the ministers and he gives you an area and basically he sends the, uh, troops to keep the, uh, uh, militia, you know, the, 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 the insurgents away from that area, you do your movie, okay? Mm -hmm. The problem that you run into is that occasionally, you know, you, you contracted for some helicopters to be in your movie, because usually they're actioneers, and they're busy off someplace else, you know, raining sudden death down onto the jungle, and they don't show up <laughs> for your movie. You have to figure out how to make one helicopter look like a dozen helicopters, you yeah. know? So, but I'm just saying is, is that that's, you know, uh, th there was a lot of movies that got done because that particular, um, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the, uh, who was running the, the Philippines at the time. He welcomed the movie industry into his country. He wanted all those. Oh, was this like in the 80s, 80s and 90s? Dollars. For, for yeah, Marcos. Ferdinand Marcos. Okay, I thought it was Marcos. Okay, but I'm just saying all those movies that took place in jungles and 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 you know indeterminate natives that was done uh. in the Philippines, you know, and 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 it, I mean hundreds of films came out of that area, and they were done dirt cheap, you know, because you know essentially he had 
the government, you know, he, he's the, 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 the military was paid for with the taxes on his own people. So they were all paid for. He yeah. just had to pay him and he was willing to send, you know, keep, keep you happy more or less. Okay. And meanwhile, you know, you could run around and, and do all kinds of stuff and, and, and food and lodging was cheap and everything else. So I'm just, I'm just saying is that, you know, if you want, if you make that kind of a deal with the right kind of people in the right area of the world, especially in night, in 1910, where communication was just beginning to become really like, like even the phone system wasn't in most places. Okay, I mean radio was barely there. So um, you know every country was kind of an island. So you, you know you could find a, a willing partner who could provide you with the raw materials you needed for those those floors of industry. So it wasn't that hard to imagine it happening. Yeah, it literally takes a village. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We mentioned how you could get to Columbia, like, if you have, yeah, if you're coming in the warp in Chicago and you could find yourself to the lighthouse slash rocket silo, you could easily get to Columbia that way. I think another interesting way would be if you come through a tear. Yeah. If you're already in the the rapture universe or some other universe that happens to have a, a tear open up and you can cross on over and suddenly find yourself in a hole. Different city than the one, a whole different universe than the one you thought yeah. you were on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it it reminds me of the you know the the second uh, Back to the Future movie when you know the the the, the one guy um, I can't remember his name who's you know uh, he sneaks into the back of the uh, of the um, the of the car and and gets his his hands on a uh, on a Biff. Old Biff, Biff, I Biff, think, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he gets his hands on a, a, a magazine of, 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 of who won what, and he then he then goes back to the 1950s and becomes like a multimillionaire by winning all these bets, yep. and things like that. Yeah. So you can imagine that even under the best of circumstances, where people are coming through rifts, okay, it doesn't mean there aren't some splicers sliding through and scuttering off into the darkness or literally up a wall. <laughs> As as you see in the very <laughs> beginning of of, of uh, Bioshock, uh, you know, so there could be a lot of strange critters, mean people, uh, showing up in uh, Colombia as a result of these rifts uh, connecting to Rapture. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then the only other thing I would wanted to discuss about Colombia is. Like I mentioned, Elizabeth and the Lutes twins themselves. Because I mentioned earlier that they were, quote, assassinated. They were not assassinated. They were just kind of displaced between universes. Um, the, apparently the machine was cut off before they would all the way made it through a, a, a portal or something along those lines. And so they're entities that are now multidimensional and can travel a multiverse at will. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. They can apparently hop into any any universe they want to hop into, or go back and repeat time as many times as they want to. Uh, there's implications that during the events of Bioshock, they've been through the events of the the game like 213 times before the player, you the player, starts playing the game. Hmm. Because at one point you they appear at a fair and they have you flip a coin, and and when it comes up like heads, you know they you see that. They're each wearing placards, and it's like heads and tails, and they've kept track of how many times it came up heads and how many times it came up tails, and it's come up heads 213 times and never come up tails. Interesting. So they're untethered, dimensionally untethered now. Temporally and dimensionally, yeah. yeah. Well, that's... There's some, there's some, you know, that, that's, that's how you create mad scientists, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, he says, I'll get you next time! You know, and and by the way, we should probably start talking about you know what kind of adventures you can have with this property if you decide to add it to your game. Okay, mm-hmm. and certainly, you know, um, you know, uh, Elizabeth is more or less presented in a very positive way. But I know that when they uh, in the DLC that they use, you know, uh, when you go back to Rapture, she's you know it's a little bit more like a Heart, you know, she's the femme, more of a femme fatale. Oh, so yeah. I'm just saying is that, you know, there's, depending upon her own personal timeline, Elizabeth could be sweet and gentle, or she could be 
mean and nasty, you know, because she's been, you know, uh, further down and she's she's become hardened and and disillusioned, you know. Um, I mean, there's a lot, you know, and you can see them both basically in the same adventure. Oh yeah, and be at the same time really confused. Can be, you know, because they, you know, they look the same, but they're, you know, a lot different, you know, from each other. So, you know, you've got this opportunity for a variety of, of, uh, of, you know, the same characters exhibiting massively different personalities. So, you know, running into Elizabeth and dealing with Elizabeth could be one whole set of adventures, you know, especially if she becomes essentially, you know, the big bad. Well, because, yeah, she has, very similar to the Latessas, she is multiversal. Uh, In the the game, it's explained, and again, a little bit of a spoiler, it's explained that when she was first taken from her home dimension to the Columbia dimension, uh, her pinky finger as an infant was cut off by the portal. It closed before her, she had made it all the way through, and so her little pinky finger was cut off. So there's a part of her in one dimension, and a part of her in another dimension, and that gave her the ability to open rips and tears through space and time at will. Yeah. And like Thing in the Adams Family, her little pinky is still wiggling along Oh, somewhere. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that scene alone made me cry, because I had just had my own first child like maybe a, a few months before I played that game. So the idea of anything harming a baby made me go, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Imagine similar type, since you have that Vita chamber, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can be done with that Vita chamber that people haven't thought about. Like, obviously, an army of of of, of, of people that are, were, you know, that is tuned to, right. okay? But also the possibility of, of, of weirder versions you know, alternate versions of the same person just by slight variances or even massive variances of the program of the Vice well, Chamber. So, yeah, well, yeah. then, and if you have access to Elizabeth, you can have the same because she can pull multiple copies of the same person over. Because um, there's a couple, there's at least, there's one scene where you uh, literally see, a, a, you know, a a, I won't say a C or even an army, but a group of Elizabeths from various uh-huh. different parts in her various different timelines, all of one mind, you know, talking to you. And then there's the fact that stuff that in the game, it's I, I think it's kind of hinted that if you if you're playing the game and you die, you're brought back to life by Elizabeth, who is really bringing you back to life. She's just pulling you from another another timeline where you haven't died yet. Okay, yeah. You made you made a different decision which didn't exactly. result in your death. But otherwise it's like just you know just almost the same. Yeah. I've I've heard I've heard some people mentioning that. Or so, or uh, you're just simply okay. jumping into one of those other, you know Right. So I mean Elizabeth is super, super OP. Oh yeah. Okay. Even though she seems like the perfect girlfriend who's just always there, you know, you need a drink, she's got a drink, you need a gun, she's got a gun, she's just, you know, smiling and having saying things, you're like, it's the, I mean, it's literally the perfect, you know, action girlfriend experience, which is what, you know, the game's all about, you know, but I'm just saying is that as a, as a character, you know, in a, in an RPG, you know, now, you know, tabletop, she's definitely OP and she oh, yeah. can. You can't can stat this character. Just, it, it, no. Yeah, she, she can definitely be the big bad, you know, or a version of her is the big bad. You know, you can actually have good Elizabeth versus bad Elizabeth, you know, and, you know, depending upon which one you run into and which one you, you, you befriend. So I'm just saying to me that's that's a huge adventure seed right there as far as Columbia's concerned, because you know, the GM can decide which version of, of Elizabeth are you gonna run into and what's her agenda and what's mm-hmm. you know, what's she wanting to do. And uh and 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 you're like, fine, fine. We're just gonna leave her. We're gonna go. You know, we're gonna leave. Uh, you know, uh, World Twenty Seven, and and go back, and you find her following you. Oh yeah. And now what are you gonna do? Because she, you know, she can basically just keep following you because she has this amazing ability to uh, just tear through through uh, dimensions. And and, and again, there's a bit of the scary thing is, and if again, if you're using this in Fringeworthy, she can connect to 
dimensions the the path hasn't connected to. Yeah, there's lots of dimensions that the pathways haven't yeah. connected. Any, yeah, any I say I would if I had to put a limit on her dimension hopping abilities, it does appear that her abilities are limited limited to variations on this timeline. So she might not be open able to open up a path to the French path itself or any other like say artificially created dimensions. I doubt she would anyways. It's easier just to go to another Exactly. World. But I mean if, if if in the sense of if you were trying to get back just to the French path or just get to a pocket stop. She couldn't right. I would say she maybe couldn't do that, but if you're going with the idea that all the French worthy di- uh, dimensions are all just alternate timelines that just have all had their little, you know, their pivot point at different, you know, times in history, then they're all Earth. yeah. Then, yes. then yeah, she could go anywhere, anywhere, and then places again. The French path has never touched, or maybe chose not to touch for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you know, as far as we know, there's no portal to hell on the Bureau Thirteen world. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> not that I'm aware of either. Yeah, because we, we talked about maybe there was. We talked about the fact that, you know, ways of moving around the fringe paths, you know, the, the, the fringe universe without using the pathways. Okay. And one of the suggestions was using the, uh, uh, the easy, uh, the, the easy gate spell, which involves summoning a demon from hell, and the demon then goes and takes you to wherever you want to go. And if you want to go, if you're a fringe worthy person and you want to go to another fringe world, can they take you to it? That was the big question. It's up to the GM to decide yeah. or nothing. You know, Richard never said yay or nay on that. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, we, but two things. One is that we kind of, you know, this game, with this property, we kind of answered the question we brought up in the last two ones. We were talking about Rapture, which was, how do you get to Rapture? Because it's way out there in 103. Uh, that would be negative 107, comma 1. What? 107, okay. Well, the, you know, Columbia is 27. Yep. So it's very possible for you to go to, uh, you know, to... To go through one of those tears to to uh, uh, to uh, to rapture, okay, and by using a crystal, identify where there's another portal and find your way to that and get onto the French Pass. You just skipped uh, like a hundred. You just went 150 portal uh, nodes in zero yeah. time. It's much like we talked about using the uh, the the uh, using. Uh, uh, spell jamming uh, or the whole the whole space. yeah yeah going going from Corinne over to uh uh to uh forgotten realms which is even yeah, further out yeah. you know the the negative direction like 120 something okay so and and Corinne is actually not that far you know relatively like from earth prime path. yeah 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 so the, you know we we said the, the only way you know how can can Fringeworthy Explorers, okay, get that far down before, without it being the late campaign? Meaning it just, they've been doing that for like decades now, you know, and they finally get that far down, they run into Rapture. Well, you know, getting to 27, okay, is a lot easier getting to negative yeah. 107, all right? So, uh, you know, because in Bureau 13 is negative 13, is positive 13. So it's only like twice that distance. Okay, to get to, you know, uh, so I could easily see this happening in the middle campaign before where you know how the fringe paths work and you learned how a lot of the stuff happens and learn some of the more unusual crystal functions and stuff like that. But you're still not like in the cyberpunk, you know, Star Trek version of Fringeworthy, which is what the late campaign would probably be like. Okay. So when you go on to, you know, Columbia from the French Pass, you know, you might actually be in a more of a, you know, uh, sliders, uh, star, you know, Stargate before they started jumping yeah. dimensions, you know, and, and galaxies. Okay. That kind of level of technology. So, you know, and, and, and which might be, you know, so you don't have, to, you know, you, you can come in a, not with a sense of wonder. You know, not just for the gene tonics, but also all the other automatons. You might go, wow, look at all these automatons. I mean, that's something that Earth might like, you know, just just from, you know, some... Because right now, we have to... 
with, with our level of technology, we still don't have robots that can, you know, they work right on the factory floors and such, but they can't patrol an area and really do a good job like some of these automatons that were created back in 1910 yeah. in Colombia. So, you know, I mean, uh, I'm just, you know, it's certainly not the level of technology with the cybernetics that's you know, oh, yeah. like Songbird or even the Big Daddies. So I'm just saying is that, you know, it, when you, if you come in from a cyberpunk type level of technology, you know, in Fringeworthy, like the late campaign, you might look at a lot of these gene tonics and big daddies and stuff like that going, well, this was a dark future. <laughs> you know, we definitely have better ways of doing that now without all the body horror and stuff like that. Uh, a little bit earlier, you might be a, a bit more willing to, uh, to deal with that, you know, to, to, to be, Filled with a sense of, well, this is something oh, yeah. we should bring back to Earth. Maybe sanitize it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they're doing it in the, uh, and who knows, maybe on Earth Prime, they have sea slugs. Maybe they can do, maybe they can build their, you know, do their own tonics and, and biggers. And maybe with like a little that. bit more research, figure out how to not make it debilitating. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah process or it more into, efficient yeah. and, and the injections are, you know, uh, it doesn't t- t- cost a hundred times. You know what it does in Colombia versus and Rapture, maybe the fact yeah. that we are, you know, Earth Prime would already have like the equivalent of CRISPR and and genetic right. engineering to to some degree. Maybe they can look at it and go, oh, well, if we just did this and this, then our CRISPR technology would be leaps and bounds ahead of each other, and we don't even have to really worry about this atom thing. It just kind of gives us an idea. Right. And considering the fact that Earth Prime, most of these powers that, that they seem to give, okay, they kind of follow the concept that, you know, this is just a, an advancement in human genetics, mm-hmm. okay? You know, they're, 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 it's not magic. You know, they're, they're, they're these all abilities are, are basically psi yeah. powers. Psionics. Okay. And we know that Earth Prime has psi powers, okay? It's always been yes. in the fringe where they gave. Yeah. So therefore, you know, it seems very plausible that these types of things could make the trip, could, you know, it would work on Earth Prime. And boy, that could be a huge disaster or it could be a, a golden age. A lot of problems that we have could suddenly disappear if they, you know, if, if they were able to use these tonics and, and, and vigors in a benign fashion. So, you, well, I'll let the sociologists mm-hmm decide whether or not that's even possible or not but i'm just saying is that you know the the uh, these kinds of things could be brought back to earth prime you know the, of any of, the, of all the properties we've talked about these are one you know without basically coming out and saying no they only work on those worlds uh, these are some that actually seem like yep. it would be the very thing that the fringe worthy idet was created to find oh yeah oh yeah these would these would be treasure troves for IDET, especially uh, Columbia's um, quantum technology with the, I mean, the levitation, you know, that's impressive enough as it is. But then the actual, like we said earlier, the, the trans-dimensional communication, mm-hmm. you know, being able to talk to someone 40 portals away. Right, which they can't currently do. Exactly. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I came up with a real clockwork mechanism for like sending messages from one side of the fringe path to another. I think we talked about that on one of our episodes. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, you put a message in a ball, okay, and you, you fired, you know, you fired the ball through a portal. So it took somebody to do that, okay, but, um, just, you know, I mean, uh, as soon as you go through the other side, the ball isn't like suddenly not fringeworthy anymore. Okay. So once it went through, then it could be picked up by a cup on the other side and using air pressure blown through this at really high speeds and then blown through the next portal, the next portal, the next portal, the next portal until finally it reaches its destination. So you actually could have some kind of pneumatic, you know, uh, transport system through the fringe paths that didn't require somebody getting in a car and driving it there. So that was, that was one of the things we talked about, I think, on one of the episodes when I was talking about what fringe based technologies there could be. But, uh, I, I forget which episode it is. You know, uh, you know, 
kudos to anybody who can send me a message to remind mm-hmm. me which one we did it in, because uh, that was fun. But you're still limited, you know, far below the speed of light with that. Right. You can't just go and dial it like a phone. Okay. You can't just say, hey, I want to go and talk to this person in this alternate place. You know, let me just tune that in on the, uh, you know, on, on the quantum, you know, uh, 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 you know, wave set and just start talking to them. That would be super, super great. You know, that's something they could do in the big system, but they haven't been able to do it ever since the big system went down. Yeah, so, and that's one thing I, w- I would maybe do, is if you're wanting this, a-, a way to balance this out in case you're worried about this being too powerful for your campaign, if, you- if you're worried that you you want to use this, but you're worried that you might not be ready for this high, like, Commonwealth-level technology to-, to find its way into your campaign yet, is maybe the certain elements of the Commonwealth have also discovered it about the same time you have. And so you might be having to fight off or at least compete with certain elements of, you know, the the fallen Commonwealth worlds who are also wanting to rediscover this technology. Okay. Hmm. And it kind of it's up to the GM to decide, you know, how aggressive and are are these fallen Commonwealth worlds? Because we're assuming they're not they're not right. relinked into the new uh, spoilers for uh, Portals Four. Um, if we assume that this is a world that's not connected to the the new big system or the 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 fringe, fringe trucker system, system. fringe highway, fringe runner, fringe runner. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, they might really be wanting to get back to some of this technology that they've they've pretty much been cut off from since the fall of the big system. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let me ask a question here, since it's never it hasn't come up in either of the two episodes prior to this, uh, mm-hmm. and not so far this time, because the players are always going to ask this question if they've been playing Fringeworthy or any other game. Does magic work on these worlds? I see nothing that says it has to, yay or nay. I mean, there isn't. It depends on what you want to say is the source of mm. the, the magic, these the special abilities that Adam provides. If it's Simply unlocking magical talent? Well, then, yeah, you can say that. Um, I guess it kind of depends on the nodes there are. Are, are they on, uh, like, Trav, do you know if they're on nodes that already have Oh, let me, them? okay. All right, let's see. Negative 107, let's go here. <laughs> yes. By, by coincidence, it happens to be a magic supporting node. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, what I put here is, again... I have done that. No, it's okay, Trav. I mean, I literally... People, I oh, my Lord. Well. Okay. Negative 107? Yeah. I put the Galarian world there, so the Pathfinder campaign setting. Yeah. There'd be magic. <laughs> Now, okay, so that's that's uh, the, again. This is so mine. Yeah, all of you, all y'all. Your mileage may vary. You can say, "When you put Galarian there, what kind of sick psycho is he?" <laughs> we don't have enough time yeah. to list all my problems. We got to wrap this up soon. And uh, right. twenty. So, but there isn't. <laughs> see, I see. Sorry. I can abuse myself verbally. You guys do it. You're being me. Okay, positive twenty-seven. Shush. Um. Bigfoot Earth, uh, well, Earth alternate where large hairy population is the dominant species. Uh, again, your mileage may vary. I didn't lock that down, that prime as, oh, it is this and this and this. We can assume psionics works because, again, psi works and yeah. 99.9. Uh, unless your Bigfoot turn invisible, I, I don't think that that particular world specifically assumes magic. Right. But, yeah. no, the Bigfoot, Big Feet, Sasquatches, Yeti, whatever you want to call them. You know, they might have a psionic talent in there. That's something you can put in. As I said, this big blue binder, this is my metaverse. To me, logically, where this stuff would go, all y'all can do and put this stuff. This whole big blue, it's a suggestion. It's a my yeah, thought experiment. At the end of the day, like everything else, it's GM fiat. If yes. you want it to be. Well, yeah, I, I understand. I just wondered, you know, in your examination of all this, whether you come across anything that even sounded like it had magic involved. No, nah, to me, it all sounds like psionic. Yeah, psi and just tech. Yeah, that's what I'm... Okay. Yeah, I get that vibe too. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, it doesn't preclude magic. Okay, as, as we said, if you're playing the Fringeworthy game, you're going to have to look at the node it's on to see whether or not... But this is an alternate, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Positive 27. Yeah. Well, then... 
but it's then it's not even limited by the, the 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 what's on the node, okay? Because that affects the prime, the system, and the star platforms. Oh, that's right. Each alternate is actually another universe. So if you want magic to be in your Columbia or Rapture, or, yeah, a Rapture in your world for your characters who. Uh, who may have artifacts or even abilities from these other from magic supporting worlds, then their their stuff may work or not. I mean, it's it's basically up to you, the GM, to decide. Uh, I I don't I don't think it's necessary to make you know to make the property work. But you know, when you're playing a tabletop RPG, characters come with a lot of baggage. Yeah. Okay, not only their backgrounds and their abilities, and nothing, and 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 I can just tell you right now, the players that have magical abilities, they are always going to be like, oh man, I can't use my, you know, my fireball, my my mental, what you know, whatever on this world, and this adventure <laughs> yeah. sucks. So you know, they always want to go to a world where everything is possible, which is of course one of the reasons why everybody loves the you know the paranormal Earth, otherwise known as Bureau Thirteen Earth, because that thing supports yep. all those kinds of things, everything. So you know, it's anything a great place your to go. twisted little GM mind can dis- conceive. But that's also a way of really bringing, you know, you know, uh, really changing things up. Because here you are using this property, okay, and, you know, they've got all kinds of stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you throw in something magical. And yeah, that's what I'm thinking of is, yeah, magic works. It's just, it's been relegated to myth and legend. You don't have spell casters. Oh, this person is ungodly powerful. What? You people can do magic. You just learn. It's like, and if you find, like, the Vox Populi on Columbia, I can give you rudimentary training. And then just, yeah. You can have the powers of vigors without having to buy the Right. Well, you know, we, we've talked about the possibility of dock boxes making modifications to people. Oh, no, we can do genetic engineering. Yeah, yeah we, we, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it kind of comes down to the skill of yeah. the operator, you know. And I've and I've always said that, and and my players never listen to me when I say. Oh that. no, I did. Uh, we were yeah. I'm uh, to and from work. I was talking, to Jonathan. I'm listening to the Mass Effect episode right now. We did a couple months back, and you know, genetic engineering. Get rid of that genophage for the Krogan. Was it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah you can do genetic engineering with Doc Box. You just have to have some knowledge of genetic engineering. And not, you may be a general practitioner, but, you know, you're not going to have genetic, you have to be a geneticist by training, so. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about uh, Fringeworthy, at least, is the possibility of, you can go to Rapture, get some Atom, and then head over to Mass Effect Earth, and get some Krogan DNA, and figure out how to use the Atom to, to get the Krogan DNA, and give yourself, you know, four extra testicles. Well, once again, Anakin, we went down what? that dark path. Why, I didn't want to why start? Why stop there? Well, well that's just the start. <laughs> hey, for, hey, but, hey, I mean, hey, they say four work for Will Chamberlain. So just saying, yeah. Um, yep. All right, yeah. four extra. Okay, so but anyways, we, we've established we've established that psionics works on, oh, yeah. on these worlds. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, there and of course, I would I would argue that if you're using the Savage World system, that you could say that weird science. Oh God, works yeah, on this um, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, you know. Uh, so you got at least two of those things. Now, what we don't know at this point is whether divine powers work, or what, and whether magic works, because those are basically the four. You know. Um, I don't, I don't use the word arcane because that's one of them called, but uh, the the power sources that are you know th- that are available to people that are outside of just whatever technology the is for reality okay, breaking so, abilities. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing, you know, because essentially we've talked about how you know because of these vigors and things like that, we're talking super. These are really superhero games yeah. because you have people who gain these powers and then they use them to. You know, complete the the, the requirements of of the games. Okay, so as an RPG, you know, a tabletop RPG, you're going to be you know gaining these abilities and then you know continuing to use them in on in other adventures in other places. So uh, I'm just saying that if you're dealing with Savage Worlds, you know, superpowers are basically still fall in those those categories. Okay, they just simply go and. Uh, 
give you more powers. Basically, they, they look at all the superpowers that are out there and they say, okay, this fits with here. You're still using the same four basic powers as far as I know, unless they've come out with some more that I'm not aware of, which is possible because there's a lot of versions of Savage Worlds. Uh, or you may be using some other system like Fate, where it's basically you can have whatever power you want as long as you're willing to take the consequences of them, so and so forth. Uh, uh, now that they've come out with in D and D and Fifth Edition with the uh, Psionics Handbook, you know now if you want to use the the Fifth Edition D twenty system, you now have the option of not only magic but also you know Psionics and artificers are you know allow you to do, basically do the equivalent of weird science. So I'm just saying, depending upon your game system you're using for it and using this property, you know, you're going to find different kinds of frisian going on. So, but, you know, from from the basics that we know, we don't know whether magic works. We do, uh, that's the only one that's really being uh, in the divine or arcane. Those are the only things we're not sure are already in these properties. Uh, but it doesn't mean they can't be because with this dimension rifting stuff going well, on, there's there is one clue yeah. I think, hmm. at least okay. in Colombia, one of the alternate universes Elizabeth opens up is where she is one where she's getting attacked by the ghost of her of her of her mother or at least her perceived mother. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That, but that's like the only. Paranormal thing that smacks of magic, yeah. Yeah, that's the only paranormal esque yeah. thing, and it, I, I see. And that's the. And then the question is like, is she pulling her mother's ghost from an alternate dimension to hers, or is, yeah. I think that's what it was. She 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 opened up a tear in her mother's tomb to get to her mother, so she could find out some passcode or something. It's been a while since I oh, played. Oh, okay. But it wasn't. She didn't yeah. get her mother. She got her mother's ghost. Oh, okay. Well, you know, and uh, and one thing that's not actually talked about a lot in, in, in a lot of these kinds of things, when you tear these holes in reality, you know, if you don't seal them properly, then there's the possibility of reality leakage into the world from that point on, which means that any time you get close to wherever that tear is, then whatever reality was on the other side, if it was some magic, ma- magic might start. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so I and I I've, I've done that recently in an adventure I was doing where they were like, you know, how come magic didn't work over here, but it works over here? And I said, well, maybe there's somebody over there that uh, that uses magic, and maybe you're getting basically fed off of their. Oh magic. no, I did that too, and and you know how I throw stuff together, my Kelvin universe, you know, the 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 the, the casino world there in Portals Three at the end. And yeah, it might because somebody opened that ma- that Magus two portal from that one animated Star Trek episode. Yeah, you open a portal into a dimension where magic comes out; it's going to start leaking out after a while. Yeah. So, oh no, I've done it too. Yeah. I'm guilt- guilty. As if you don't close it up properly, and 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 player characters are are traditionally, let's see, you know, let's see what this what happens when we do yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Star Trek is a good example of that because of all the time travel it's done, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and not to mention Doctor Who with all the alternate yeah. timelines that it's generated. Anytime you have a game that involves time travel or dimensional shifting in any way, you can you can pretty much justify any kind of oh, reality yeah. Yeah. Le- yeah. leakage you want. Yeah. So. Don't be afraid to add that into the game, even though it's not actually in the the the, the computer RPG. Yeah, no, it's it, so, yeah. it's funny. Real quick, there. Um, okay, Second World Source Book. You know, I use it. it I, I put it into Bureau Thirteen. Um, there's a thing called the Gate Warden. They have a power called Create Nexus, where not only can you okay in this thirty foot circle, people from another dimension you link to can walk it through into this one, and they'll come out of this thirty foot radius dome and they also said or you can make what they call a metaphysical nexus where yeah in this world let's say firearms don't work you pull the trigger and the bullet just you know put gets pushed out the barrel and falls out of the barrel of the gun no in this metaphysical nexus basically you're saying okay i'm gonna draw from a world where firearms works and while i'm in the 30 foot radius 
I'm going to fire this bullet and the physics will carry it outside of the ring. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's where when you get dimensional leakage, time leakage. Yeah. And it, it's open season on any rule you want to bring in. All right. So, uh, let, let's, let's summarize here, you know, uh, cause we were talking about different adventures. Uh, you know, the, the things that, that, you know, you, that are worthwhile getting in these properties we've been talking about is, uh, is, is the automatons have a level of robotics that might be primitive, but still better than probably what we currently have in this, in, in, in our world now. Okay. The, uh, uh, the, the bio, uh, uh, engineering and stuff like that, the, um, basically the cyberpunkish kind of stuff that's, not only in the big daddies, but also in the uh, uh, in, in the songbird. Yeah, that's that could be re- that could be revolutionary if you brought it if you brought it back or you started using it on whatever world your your characters are from. Okay, uh, or if you just let it out into the world below, you know the the, the Columbia of, of, of uh, I mean the, the Earth of uh, nineteen ten. Okay, of course you know. Uh, uh, just you know the the floating fortresses and other things were you know the basically the you know, the sky you know islands and worlds and things like that that could be done with those uh, a single one of those particles you know you you basically have uh, oh, uh, I've forgotten the name of it you know this the the uh, the tri game where you basically the they grab plots of land and, weird zone. Weird zone. Weird zone. Yeah. You essentially have weird zone where you basically could just oh, yeah. grab a whole big chunk of land, city blocks or whatever, you know, lift them up, you know, uh, uh, into a particular location, you know, I- into the into the air. Not just on that, but also back on Earth Prime or any world you might want to do. So now you can have a whole, you know, and I've seen this in a lot of anime. You know, whole, well, not only that, but let's just talk about uh, uh, the whole uh, Pandora. You know, with all their sky, you know, floating, floating islands, big rocks yeah. in the sky and stuff like that. Well, it's a short step from that, you know, to these uh, quantum particles. Okay, so you know, all of a sudden, your world could be transformed if you brought back the technology that allows you to do that. So, uh, and then, and then, of course, there's the tonics. Okay, the gene, uh, the gene. Uh, uh, you know, either the gene tonics where you can become stronger, faster, whatever, plus the vigors that give you superpowers, uh, uh, the vita chambers that not only allow, give you immortality, but also might be a, a vehicle for creating, uh, genetic manipulation, uh, without the need for all those tonics and whatever like that. Just, by using that technology, essentially, it's like a transporter in Star Trek where you get the fiddle. You know, just how you know they they, they bring them back and they take like you know they they run it through biofilters and and they take guns off of people and yeah. activate weapons in Star Trek. Well, you know this these vita chambers could probably do similar types of things. You know, much like the fringe portals. Do things like that as you go through them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, which is something that people don't talk a lot about because they mostly use it as ways of keeping contagion from, from traveling across the French pass. But the fact is a lot of stuff could be happening, you know, uh, as you go through those portals. Uh, so those, you know, uh, as far as rapture is concerned, you know, building an underground, underwater city is something that people have dreamed about on our world and never quite managed to do it. Okay. Rapture is a fully debugged, more or less, successful underwater habitat powered for and uh, with a very stable power source, which is geothermal. There's, you know, not only that, but they have an undersea fleet of ship of submersibles that supply it and go around. Well, we don't have any civilian fleets of submersibles, you know, in our world to do trade or fishing or things like that. So there could be some technologies that could be learned from those as well. Um, uh, I don't even want to know about the skyhooks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's the thing. Those were just monorails between the islands 
Yeah, I think that kind of falls into that whole wacky category. That probably the whole would, sky yeah. hooking stuff. All right. Is there anything else? You know, any other technology we haven't talked about that that was there that 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 you know would be great to pollinate to another world and suddenly transform their technolo- their technology there? Nothing in the technology area on my end, but I do have an idea for uh, adventuring using this as adventuring, and that is you could use this as your base setting as opposed to fring- uh, fringeworthy. Uh, you have a society that already has dimensional travel or you make friends with or make friends or at least somehow gain the patronage or maybe and this is what i would probably do is your group has attracted the attention of elizabeth who is by the end of the the uh main game pretty much all seeing and all powerful now and as another cross-dimensional being so she's decided she's going to experiment with you or play with you or whatever or have you do something she needs done yeah it sounds like she could be the uh, uh quest giver yeah, yeah. or yep. patron or whatever have you whatever need and she opens the portals for you maybe she gives you warning ahead of time maybe she doesn't maybe she maybe you don't even know why you're suddenly finding yourself traveling through space and, and dimension and time you just you're here one minute and then this big Rip in space opens up and sucks you into another yeah. another place. Well, there's lots of there's a, quite a few adventures in Fringeworthy where people were just going along and suddenly, bam, they were in another you know a, 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 another world. Mm-hmm. And 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 that canon, you know, why it happened, how it works, you know, a lot a lot of that was not described or explained. But the fact is, it did happen. How often does it happen on Paranormal Earth? Oh, to, to, to. well, you know, as often as the GM wants it to. Yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. That she, Elizabeth could be another source of your interdimensional traveling. Um, and then right. the Lutesses could be a source of interdimensional wisdom and guidance. Right. Well, what do you think? I mean, you know, knowing that Elizabeth had this ability, you know, would there be, uh, you know, would, would Ida say, hey, let's now go to all the alternate Earths that we're aware of and let's look for Elizabeth because she may have a nascent ability that we could put to good use of that where she hasn't turned into a demigod. It's yet. implied. It's implied that the moment uh, she unlocked her full potential, all her alternate selves became of one mind. Oh, so she well, she is well certainly damn near omniscient, and so it's like any Elizabeth. Oh yeah. So you're you're basically saying that Elizabeth has becoming has become the old Meller on all these worlds that she's connected to. Quite possibly, there, there is some implication that not every single Elizabeth, but every single Elizabeth that went to Columbia, because the the storyline is that she was born on one Earth and was. trafficked to columbia and yeah yeah and so every elizabeth that had experienced that uh, had gone through the portal that had had a part of her cut off were all consolidated into one mind at the end of the game but implications that there are still other elizabeths out there who maybe didn't have that and will probably have normal everyday lives and live out their normal life Right until until she basically that Elizabeth has an interaction with the terror and loses a part of her body and therefore triggers her nascent her ability. Quite possibly, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying there there might be lots and lots of worlds out there where, of course, once she triggers, then her mind is gonna is, is gonna mass mind with all the other Elizabeths. Yeah, and suddenly and suddenly you've got you know uh, Elizabeth demigod suddenly transforming in front of well, you. Well, and there is one like, other thing is that uh, according to the DLC. Uh, for Bioshock Infinite, the mass mind Elizabeth is collapsed back into a single one when she revisits a world where she had died. Her, mm-hmm. they call it her, her quantum superposition was collapsed back down into one instance. Oh. and that Elizabeth, again, spoiler warning, dies at the end of the at the end of DLC and is supposedly oh. dead forever. But again, oh. that's that version of the mass mind Elizabeth that is the co-heroine of the bioshock infinite games right there could be other elizabeths yeah could 
you know, conceivably. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, there's a million, million worlds out there that are all oranges of Earth. And it's quite possible that having Elizabeth died like this, if that, if they've gone past that point in the timeline, when you find this other Elizabeth, mm-hmm. well, then, then when, then when she gains her abilities, she's not going to, you know, the mass minds collapse. That Elizabeth is gone. Therefore, she's just Elizabeth with the ability to create her own tears. And depending upon the events that occur in her life, you could have an entirely different Elizabeth future. And, and even, so, it don't necessarily have to be Elizabeth. Well, you know, alternate Earths, you know, is, 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 can, you know, Elizabeth could take various forms, but if you're going to look for somebody, I'll bet you you're looking for someone who looks like Elizabeth. Well, you're yeah. probably going to look for, yeah, as close to that, that version as you are aware of. Yeah, because otherwise it's like everybody's sticking, everybody's gonna stick a hand into this tear. We're gonna close it. We're gonna see which one of you gains special abilities. Everybody, put your hand in the warp. We're gonna try and turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, this this sounds an awful lot like uh, you know. <laughs> and you know, full yeah. well, you're gonna get that guy. I ain't doing this hokey pokey crap. Get away from. <laughs> you know, it, as as the saying goes, he's you know he or she or it. Is only uh, one lab accident away from being a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so, why anyways. we said Batman. They, they didn't need Batman and Gotham say they needed OSHA. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I, I saw a great meme recently saying is that you know, uh, you know, it's better to live in Gotham because you know. It's dark and broody and stuff like that. But all the villains that are in in Gotham, you think you could take. Yeah. All right, the ones that live in you know the ones that live in Metropolis and other places, those are like you know galactic class yeah. monsters yeah. that need Superman to take them down. But Batman, you know, you you pretty much think you could probably get the drop on Joker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so you you know you as a GM are making the decision as to what the tech level it is or what you want to do and. And I, uh, we believe in, in, in you being having the greatest amount of freedom as possible. So you know, we we got we got super you know God level Elizabeth all the way down to Elizabeth who just lost a pinky and and has this strange ability to occasionally venture to other realms. And maybe Whatever just starting to 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 touch the 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 very edges of her abilities. Yeah. Right. And maybe Elizabeth isn't even in the adventure. Maybe you eliminate Elizabeth from the property and you just deal with the tech that's there and the other weird stuff that's there. I mean, it's you know, that that's what we're talking about is you taking this property and adding it to your game in ways that make sense. Yes. So don't think you have to take it whole cloth. You know, you can take it as piecemeal as you want, but there's a lot of really cool, wacky things that are in this the, the, the Bioshock properties, and I highly recommend that you add as much wackiness as possible to your RPG. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's always fun. It's just fun. I think the only other thing I, I realized now that I might want to discuss, and it's it's only a, a limitation if you want it to be, but it, what we saw from interdimensional travel in... The Bioshock Infinite Universe is if you use the Lutessa's method, it did appear that if you cross to another dimension where there was an exact copy of you, you tended to merge with that copy. And that could cause some bad effects like migraines, nosebleeds. Oh, I'm seeing something like Jet Li's film, The One. It's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Time Cop where oh, the yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. meets himself. Yeah. 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 But that. That was such a thing that I think we only ever really saw when Elizabeth did that, the, the, the time or the, the, the dimensional travel. And she didn't seem to experience herself. It was just basically people she brought with her, basically the player character. All right. Hmm. But, okay. Well, hmm. Jonathan, take take us out. All right. Well, so we hope we've, over these past three episodes or four episodes, I guess. Yep. yep. We hope we've given you a, a, a good understanding of just how vivid we hope you give you an idea of just how vivid and exciting and interesting the the worlds of bioshock uh one and two and then bioshock infinite the worlds of rapture and columbia can be for your campaign whether it be in fringeworthy or some other exploration game but wonderful places places you probably wouldn't want to live in but it might be interesting to visit and maybe steal some technology maybe steal some uh medicine maybe make friends with a overpowered individual or two 
And then if you decide to use these in your games, by all means, let us know at Facebook at Trav, you know, the places fans of gaming on the frontier podcast on Facebook, fringeworthy RPG fans on Facebook, uh, bureau 13 agents everywhere. If you want to somehow tweak it, where you go from paranormal earth on Facebook, uh, TritaxSystems.podbean.com, where you get this. Uh, iTunes, I believe you can drop comments there. We are also available via Spotify. I don't know comments, but you can listen to it from there. So, all and of course, we're all on social media. Track us down. Our footprints are there. You can find us and just ask us, hey, about, you know, Bioshock. Yeah. We will That's get right. an answer back to you as soon as possible. Yeah. Yes. Send send all of your hate mail to bshepherd <laughs> at aol.com. What was that, Eric? The enabler said, we await your angry letters. Yeah. And we'll have more for you next week. But you'll have to wait. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.